We are doing a story in Quirky News about the company in America that is using artificial intelligence to help generate more empathetic train announcements on the New York subway. But there is also a serious side to this, getting helpful information and feeling that you have been properly informed in a manner that meets your needs is obviously an important service to customers. Perhaps our next two guests are well suited to knowing how useful the audio information is. David Saxberg is one of the Overdrive team who went blind when he was seven years old and Haley has been blind since birth. They have both used public transport in many cities and they join us on the line to give us um, informed opinions on what works and what doesn't work. Haley and David, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Hayley, you're in Brisbane. Uh, Do they have pretty good uh, announcements up there? Yeah, they do. Um, They are quite good at announcing what station you're coming up to on the train, not so much the buses. Mm. There's an overall new thing that they've put in, which basically it's a little standalone, um, what would you call it, machine that stands on the the platform itself um, and you press the button. if you're going towards the city or out of the city and it will tell you the announcements of the trains coming up. So that's pretty helpful. Oh, so you can get the uh, station announcement repeated any time you need it by knowing where that little uh, stand is? Yeah, so basically it's like um, it stands at the platform and it basically beeps so you know exactly where it is and you press the button so the next, you know, train going towards the city is arriving in such and such time. So, So give it an indication of time. Yeah, that's fantastic, isn't it? And it shows a degree of sense. But uh, David, in terms of information in the train, you have a problem. It might tell you what the station is, but there's a bit of missing information. Yes. So as you said, I'm in Sydney. And the one big thing that Brisbane does so much better in terms of announcements than Sydney is if you're pulling into the platform, the guards and conductors have been taught in Brisbane to announce what side the doors are going to be opening or what side the platform's going to be in the direction of travel. Hmm. They don't do that in Sydney. And I've been left kind of standing in the middle going, am I going to go left here at Strathfield or am I going to go right here at Strathfield? And if it's a seriously crowded train, which I've seen on many occasions, especially in peak going into the city, you stand there and go, I don't know what side to go and the doors open and no one moves and you've got to try and push your way through the crowd and it can get a bit uh, daunting sometimes. You might be pushing in the wrong direction. Well, yeah, that's the problem. You can't quite tell because you can't see the doors have opened. It makes a noise, but you're not be able to tell because it's so crowded. So you may think, oh, I need to go to the right, but then the doors could be on the left and then someone will say, oh, the doors are on this, they're on the other side. And I said, oh, okay. But if you're sitting down and you've managed to get yourself a seat, luckily, and you stand up because it's so crowded, the sound is kind of deadened by all the bodies and people and people using their phones. You don't know what side you've got to go. And it can be a bit of an interesting experience sometimes going the wrong way. And as they're playing the announcement to close the doors, you're thinking, oh, dear, I've got to go the other way and I've got to go there quickly. If there's not as many people there, then I guess there's not as muffled sound and you can more likely hear which side. But in America, they have the numbering of the 
road system, the major highways, that the odd numbers run north-south and the even numbers run east-west. Not, not everyone knows about that, yet there can be those little nuances that can help. David, you found even the sound of the little chime beforehand can be a good indication to you. Well, yeah, I noticed when I went up to Brisbane the first time, and Hayley can expand on this, I was standing at the platform and I heard the chime and I thought, hang on, why have they got two different chimes? And then it suddenly dawned on me, oh, the upward chime says that the train's going into the city and the downward chime on the platform says the train is going away from the city. And I must admit, if I'm walking up the road towards the station and I hear the chime and I'm thinking, oh dear, I've only got two minutes because they give you a two-minute warning, you can quicken your pace. But if you hear the chime again, oh no, that's not mine, I can take my time. You Have you noticed anything like that, Hayley? I have, yeah, because um, I catch trains all the time. Just caught one this morning, actually. And, um, yeah, that, do, that does happen. It does make it things a lot easier, especially when, um, you know, you, you, yeah, you're rushing for that train. You do want to know whether it's yours or not. Buses, Hayley, you mentioned, uh, don't yeah. have as much information at all. I'm even one that likes the idea of buses having the next stop is on a screen. But, of course, a screen is helpful to me. But yeah, that's not, not going to help, no. Yeah, but not to you. Would you like to see buses, and even at bus stops, the notion of that little button you could push that might tell you where you are, where the bus is coming from and where it's going to go to and when it's going to arrive? There is, um, in in one part of Brisbane, they're sort of starting, well, they're sort of starting to do announcements, but it's sort of telling you when the doors are opening and closing. And it also tells you when you press the button for the next stop. But, yeah, they do need to go further and, and take that one step and go, okay, well, the next stop is such and such road and um yeah that would be very very helpful um there are obviously apps out there that that tell you you know where you are and things with regarding gps and things like that but yeah that's still you do need that when you said that that immediately made me think about in melbourne where the trains you actually have to press the button to open the doors on the trains itself when you're standing on the platform, yes. even to get onto the train, and I think maybe even on some of them to get off it as well, you have to press the button. Is that make it? That must make it hard. Oh, it, it, look, I was in Sydney um, before I came to Brisbane, um, and the doors did automatically open down there. Um, but up here, yes, um, you do have to find the button to push um, to open the doors. Most often. Um, I very rarely actually open the door myself just because there is so many people around and they can, you know, you often think, oh, yep, that person's in front of me, they're going to open the door and it does make things a lot easier, hmm. um, even with the other queues around you. But, yeah, that's if someone doesn't know and they're quite new to transport up here, they do, the doors need to be opened manually. Do you walk with a stick or with a dog, Hayley? Um, I walk with a cane, yes. Okay, so do you, David, don't you? Yeah, I use a cane as well. I'm, I've toyed with the idea of getting a guide dog, I could definitely see a lot of advantages. And you know how you were mentioning, like, the doors? Like, there's actually one thing I sort of noticed up there, and I don't know if it was just the trick of the mind, but you stand on the platform, the train pulls up, and the doors start beeping at you. And I've noticed one set of doors to the other set of doors in the carriage, they beep slightly out of time from each other. So you can know, oh, I can go left, the door's over here, or you can go right. doesn't exactly help you find the button, but it's like, you know you're sort of in front of the doors. Yeah, I haven't really noticed that, but that, that's, that's something that obviously I'll take note of, um, definitely when I travel.
Well, the other thing is if there's no one standing around, it must be a bit hard to know actually where the doors are. Um, yes and, I mean, yes and no. Well, look, normally you'd know sort of, I guess, because I was I was sort of taught travelling around Brisbane through um, Guide Dogs Queensland and they sort of showed me those those ins and outs and how to find the doors and things like that by using your hand and, yeah, but... um. I haven't had I haven't had that much trouble where I couldn't find a door, even on stations and platforms that I there aren't nobody around. I've always found it. In the end, um, the guards certainly look out for you. It must be helpful to have people around you that are, are trying to be helpful. It is very very helpful. Yeah, it is very helpful, especially um, up here in Brisbane, in Sydney. I found that the um, the public were quite lacking that that support that was needed. Um, but up here, it is really, really, Lacking. really strong. Lacking. <laughs> I, I was going to say. Up here, it is great. Oh, I, I've travelled up there so many times, David. It's fantastic. Yeah. Lacking yeah. support. It didn't exist. Only since when <laughs> Graeme Innes nice. put in that complaint about the audio announcements <laughs> on the trains about three years ago that it's gotten to a standard where it's acceptable without being brilliant before it was, quite frankly, woeful. It was shocking. Yeah, yeah, I remember the days when I was in Sydney and the the train announcements, you know, even the automatic ones that they have, they were quite muffled and, and you've got, you know, heaps of people on the train, huge crowds. Um, definitely was a was a very difficult to hear where you were. But up here they are quite loud, both manual and automatic announcements, and they're very, very clear. So it does make a big difference. See, the thing from a traffic engineer is that they often have signposting that has a reinforcing signposting. So if you see mm. a turn-off, once you take the turn-off, as soon as soon after you go past it, you get a reassurance sign that might say, if you're going to Goulburn, then Goulburn is, you know, 100 k's or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so that yeah. reinforces it. But, of course, in your case, you can't look to the screens to reinforce it because, no. obviously, you no. can't see them. At the major stations, it does. Like at the major stations, especially on the trains, um, as you know, trains are very accessible. Um, they do announce um, what service you're on at the major station and they sort of express where it's going, express to, and then all stations after. Um, and it's, that is very, very helpful to know that you're still you're sort of on the right train, going in the right direction um, and sort of where to, where to get off and what to look for. Particularly where to change as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, and it does announce that as well. Yep. Mm. Yep. You can't see the subtext on the sign no. that says and no. change at Camberwell for the other line. Yep. Yep. The other thing too, David, you mentioned is that as you get on and off different buses, one of the problems with having different suppliers of buses is that you don't have a regular pattern of where seating or steps are. That makes it hard? It does. Like, for example, like different manufacturers of like the actual chassis put seats in different locations. So it's a bit more standardised than it used to be. You walk in past where you can put your luggage and they've got the three little flip seats that go down for people with prams and luggage and, and, and like trolleys and stuff like that. But as you walk up the back of the bus, some have got two steps, some have got three steps. I know you can find them with your cane, but if you're in a hurry and you're coming up the bus, yeah, yours truly has been known to fall up the steps. Oh. Not down them, up them. Okay. 
But the other thing is getting on and off trains. I remember hearing a talk by a gentleman who was blind who had a guide dog. And, of course, when the train doors open, quite often everyone's very keen to rush in. And the gentleman that had the guide dog said, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, that uh, he'd worked out a way that when the doors opened, he would turn to the dog and say in a loud voice, kill. <laughs> I think he was uh, sort of saying, uh, just please give a little bit of consideration. Uh, the gap mm. between trains, uh, does that vary and is that a problem? Up here, um, where I mainly travel, um, no, it's really not a problem at all. Some of them might be quite high because um, I've got really short legs, but um, <laughs> certainly not a gap in terms of far, how far out. Um, they are quite quite close to my general and quite sort of around the city kind of area. Travelled a bit out, but um, not too much. But, yeah, they're, they're quite reasonable gaps. Sydney, on the other hand, is a, is a definitely different story. In what way? It's a twofold problem because in their infinite wisdom, when they were building the platforms, they decided to build them on curves. One part of the train could be a foot from the platform and six inches up and the other end could be two inches and one inch up and there actually are certain stations with platforms I have just point blank refused to use now like I've gone down the gap once it was not a pleasant experience it was my fault I freely admit it was my fault but there are certain now stations like one that just down the line from where I'm at East Hills the platform going to Campbelltown I will I will purposely not have to use that platform. And if I do, I get off next to the guard so they can watch me fall down between the train and the platform. The other issue is then when getting off the train and getting off the station. David, when we went to the Eastern Creek Raceway to watch our good friend Ben Felton practice for his run as a setting the record as a blind person on a motorbike, you came uh, at one stage, it was fine to pick you up. The next time you had been misdirected to a different location it wasn't a great problem but the, the actual information you get as to where you are getting on and off the platform which ramp you're on which street it leads to is there a limitation in the information there well see this is the thing there are signs that say left to this street and right to that street but uh, are they in braille i don't think so hmm. are they going to be in braille here again i don't think so i'm Sorry to have such a pessimistic view, but it's rather concerning that when our transport minister once said, what, we want the sign in Braille, I said, what, so we can read it in the dark or something like that. Most flippant comment got blown out of proportions, but it kind of just highlights the, the lack of ignorance and the lack of understanding people have. Like, I'd like to see our transport minister get under a blindfold and travel around Sydney. Uh, I don't think they could. I'm not saying anyone could do it, but I'm not saying to have sympathy. I want understanding and empathy to understand what it's like to be in our situation and to try and make it easier and at least a fair playing field for all that even people in wheelchairs, like you see like ramps, you think to yourself, how on earth can someone in a manual wheelchair push themselves up this ramp? That's a joke. Like it's, it's really unfair and it's supposed to be a network for everyone to be able to use, not just the fit and healthy. Hayley, are you getting around better because the system's getting better or you're just learning the foibles of the system? I think, honestly, um, 
I am getting around a lot better, definitely getting around a lot more um, up here independently. I know for sure that if someone said to me, right, you've got to get to this station and I've never been there before, I'll pick you up. Um, I know that for a fact I can jump on that train and I can get to that station. I can organise someone that can um, give me a hand in, in walking me out of the station. That's that's no problem. Before I never sort of really used to have that, I guess, that confidence because the public never gave that to me. But up here it's it's you're definitely reassured that if you're in an unfamiliar area, not just the train staff but sort of anywhere, you get off the bus and you're a bit lost, or, you know, just that person walking by, excuse me, could you give me a hand? And they say sure. And there's no hesitation to it either. Certainly the public are more than happy to assist you whenever they can. We never want to be patronising. No, definitely not. And, no. I, and I think sometimes people may talk more loudly to you when they see that yes. you're blind. Yes. Oh, don't remind yeah. me. Yes. Yeah, yes. they certainly do. Yes, it's not good. It's got those good old misconceptions. It's not ill intent. I'm not suggesting that it is. But so a person might just say a very quiet, simple, you okay or can I help or something yeah. you would yeah. always appreciate. Definitely, definitely. If they can just say, do you want, do you want some help? And even if you just say no and they say, yep, no worries, have a good day, and that's it. Some people I've had in the past who just refuse that no and are still willing to tell me and then thus distracting me crossing a road and I'm end up in the middle of nowhere in ah. the street. So, yeah, it's, it can be quite distracting when someone does refuse that no and um, we don't say it because of ignorance. We say it because we're fine, because we know that we can get around if we really did want your help. We would say, mm. yes, please, or ask you. Well, the very worst thing would be to stand beside you on beside a street and try and yank you in a particular yes. direction. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've had that too. Yes. I've had that to right. someone's arm very tightly because I've almost fallen yes. off the train. I'd be like, I'm fine, thank you. You've just made me a lot worse. Mm. You left See, me have, you ever had the, have you had the Haley where they go and grab your arm and then hang on for dear life like they're trying to suck the blood out of you? Yep, I had that today. Yeah, <laughs> I had to get my veins looked at yeah, afterwards. They're... I swear I'd lost three litres of blood. I love your spirit. I love uh, the chat. It's been very helpful, very understanding to that. And uh, David and Haley, I do appreciate your time greatly. Thank you very much. Thanks so Thank much you. for the time. And that's David Saxberg, one of the Overdrive team, and Haley, who is from Brisbane, who talked about getting about on public transport when you don't have sight.